2023 was a miserable year for the JSE, with the all share and top 40 indices delivering just 3% growth for the year. Compare that with the Nasdaq's heart stopping 54% or the S&P 500's 25%. The world's biggest tech stocks such as Apple and Amazon accounted for much of that gain. Looking at the difference between the local and offshore returns, you might be gripped by FOMO, fear of missing out, and rush to get your money offshore. But before you do that, let's get some advice from the experts. We're joined by Wendy Myers, Head of Securities at PSG Wealth. Hi, Wendy. Good to speak to you again. When we spoke last year, you mentioned the importance of meeting with your financial advisor to review your portfolio performance and also assess whether changes are required to set your portfolio straight for long-term and short-term success. Take us through the returns for SA investors, both in the local and offshore markets, and help us understand why we saw such a variance between local and offshore returns last year. So I think, look, you're right that the JSE really didn't perform last year. It really is a function of our high interest rates. We know it inversely impacts share performance. So I think that's a point to note. But I think it is, to your point, very sobering when you look at what the JSE returned regarding offshore and some solid performances from offshore markets. But I think it's also important to note that it depended on where you invested offshore. So if you look at the FTSE, for example, that only delivered 2.4%. And that's because that index is quite a commodity-focused index, and the commodity sector really had a tough year in 2023. It continues to have a bit of a tough year going into 2024. But yeah, obviously, if you focus on the US, the S&P delivered uh, magnificent games, and then the, the NASDAQ was really driven by the Magnificent Seven that you spoke to. So it really just makes us sit back and say, well, there is a need for investors to have that offshore exposure. And as much as it can be daunting, I think it's important for investors to sit down with their financial advisor, like I'm hoping most did at the end of 2023, and look at your portfolio and what your risk parameters are and see what you can look to invest offshore so that you have the ability to access some of those returns, which I do want to caution, it's not necessarily sustainable. And that's why at PSG, we do advocate keeping at least 60% of your investable assets on the local market. Because you must remember that we take a very long-term view when looking at equity returns. We don't just look at what last year did and assume it's going to carry us forward in the new year. A lot of people would take that advice that you've given, they're keeping 60% local uh, with a a pinch of salt because they look at these returns that you get overseas compared to what you get in the local market. They say, no, I want to actually put more of my money offshore. What do you say to people like that? Well, I think I can understand that FOMO experience, right? I also think, you know, there is such a variety of stocks and ETFs. I think there's even more offshore ETFs than there are actual single counters. So the variety and what's available is massive and you can get burnt. I think if you look at the COVID stocks, some of those are still trading at 75% below their highs. So investors can lose a lot of money. And the point around the NASDAQ's returns is it was only those seven stocks that really delivered it. The rest are still lagging. So I think investors have to be extremely cautious and they need to sit down and say to themselves, I need to have some offshore exposure. What is the best way to do it? Now, there's the ability to invest directly in your in your own name, which you know, you, you know how investors can get a million rand offshore, which includes your travel allowance without going through the necessary SARS approval, or you can apply for your own 
through SARB and SARS, you can apply for a foreign investment allowance annually, anything up to 10 million. So exchange control has relaxed to the point where those investors that want to invest offshore have capacity to invest. And then they've got to look and decide what structure do they want to use. So when you've decided on your platform, you know, you need to say, well, do I want to invest offshore in my own name? Now you must remember that there are certain tax risks, CITES being one of them. So a lot of advisors will sit down with you and say the best way to gain exposure is to maybe look at endowments. That protects South African resident investors from those CITES risks. But certain investors say, well, given um, my risk profile, I actually want to have investments in addition to the endowment. And I specifically want to have them in my own name. And I want to make sure that the platform that gives me that ability, the structure is totally offshore. Because you must remember, Kieran, there's a lot of dual listed stocks where you can buy on the South African market and still get exposure to overseas markets. But I think the key point that investors in South Africa must realize is a lot of the tech stocks, which form part of that magnificent seven, you only have the ability to invest in those if you invest directly offshore. All right. Now, this brings us back to the role of the financial advisor, which we spoke about last year. Just to be clear, the financial advisor is not there to tell you where and into which stocks you should be investing. Maybe just go over why the financial advisor should get involved in the portfolio decisions. So I think it's important to remember that they're experienced and they've they've got a multitude of research um, at their fingertips and they can assess your risk parameters, your financial needs, where you are from a life stages perspective. And with that information, they can guide you as to the best way forward. I mean, I've often said financial advisors have their own financial advisor because these guys are very good at taking the emotion out of investing. And I think that's a key point because it keeps investors on a disciplined path to investments. They don't knee jerk, which is where investors feel very, I think the emotions drive the the buyers and the sales, and it typically is at the wrong time. So they guide you in staying the course. They also guide you in making sure you continue to invest. It's not a once-off experience. And I think the key thing, an advisor is able to to look at your portfolio construction and say to you whether maybe you invested in too many tech stocks because you've got FOMO and you want to have exposure to all the magnificent sevens. But in the context of your total portfolio, it's too tech focused. So they really will make sure that your construction is well suited to whether some short-term stocks, shocks, and then can carry you through to deliver on what your ultimate long-term financial goals are. All right. And finally, if we look at what's ahead for 2024, we've read a lot about the interest rate cycle easing, what impact that's going to have on the bond markets and the equity (laughs) markets. What is your advice, your overall advice for people as we head into the new year? Well, I think the view at this stage is very much in South Africa. The hiking cycle is coming to an end. I don't foresee that this year we'll see any rate decreases. It's a good time to get into the market because prices are depressed. I think the consensus for offshore is that certainly in the US in particular, the the, the view is a soft landing and that the interest rate cycle is also coming to uh, an end. And I think they are even expecting the Fed to start looking at decreasing interest rates, but not aggressively. So I really think that's why investors, it's the time to act now, in my opinion, and and have those discussions with your financial advisor. And if you don't have one, I think the perfect opportunity is to now look at those exchange-traded funds that give you diversification, that can set you on the path 
to investment success. And just to reiterate, your suggested split in the portfolio, 60% local, 40% offshore, is that correct? Very much so, very much so. And obviously, that is a high-level guidance, and it depends on where you are in your journey of investing. You can decide how to tailor it to your unique needs. Do you foresee a better year ahead for the JSE? I really am hoping so, I must be honest with you. I think as South African investors, we've had a tough time of late. So I would love to have a crystal ball and say exactly where it's going to land. But all I can tell you is that I do think it's important for investors to to start looking at the JSE and what it can offer you and start putting money aside into solid stocks that have high dividend payouts and then really start doing a bit of homework about investing offshore and what suits your risk profile because I really do think that having exposure to equities will set you up for success in the long term to beat inflation because that's our key thing. And I think if the JSE comes off quite a, a depleted base, it certainly can be a, a, a key tool for you to achieve your financial goals. Indeed. We're going to leave it there for the moment. Thanks very much, Wendy Myers, Head of Securities at PSG Wealth.